This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hello all. Welcome to another episode of Armchair Cricket Podcast, a podcast focusing on test cricket by Armchair Critics of the Game. I'm your host Ajit. Today, to help me unpack a lot of cricket that's been going on in the last week or so, I have a returning guest to the show. Hello Manjunath, welcome to the Armchair Cricket Podcast. Hi Ajit, uh, always a pleasure to be on your uh, podcast and a uh, lot of uh, again looking forward to some really good discussion. So thank you for having me. No, nah, no worries. So the question is, why do I not hear much of your own podcast, the Heads and Tails podcast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, we not done uh, many episodes of late. So, like, even so, mostly from my side only. <laughs> Been little more busy. So we have to plan something. <laughs> yeah. I hope you guys find some time and back on uh, the yeah. bandwagon again because uh, it was uh, yeah. enjoyable to listen to you guys discuss as well. So. Let's head straight into the games at hand. Did you watch that amazing finish, England and New Zealand? Uh, yes. Uh, what happened was I was looking at the cricket for scores, and uh, suddenly I thought that the there is some problem or a glitch in the scorecard, and there was like almost forty-two runs came in three overs. Then I watched it till the end. So I actually missed the definitive, you know, the actual part where the match t- turned after tea. So. No, but if you saw it at forty-two runs after three overs, I think you still caught it. I think they scored a hundred runs in the first eight overs after tea, right? So you still caught the brunt of the yeah. assault. Yeah, they, they scored. Yeah, phenomenal. What an innings, man! Yeah, right. So at that time, I had just uh, after seeing the forty-two runs, I had just updated that you know get ready or something like that. But I never knew it'll actually. I thought they lose a wicket or two again. They slow down like the old-time test matches. But it doesn't work like that. Mm, mm. I think the spirit of Gavaskar and all will be happy after the 1979 game. So I think he'll be happy listening to this match that they were able to finish it finally. Like, so, is this the approach for test matches going forward? Even 28300 is not going to be safe on the last day. So now that depends on uh, how the game is played. Definitely, it is changing with the franchise T20. but what it does is actually it it ruins the fun a bit like if you see uh, at least there should be one format where the bowler has the upper hand so like it shouldn't be also that flat yeah once in a while such a game is okay but overall for the health of test cricket is not good i know i may sound little skeptical or little old fashioned but then uh, i i would rather see that ashwin and hanuma vihari kind of a defense and save the game that gives a little more thrill for me but maybe for someone who is uh, not a junctional millennial or born after 2000 so for them maybe this is more enjoyable so if that's the way forward so be it frankly there are two sides of the same coin for me right so you have the old fashioned values where you'll say over my dead yes. body defending where you don't even need to change strikes you're just sitting at one end and you're blocking through seeing a session and session mm-hmm. and a half that's like rare guard this was like a march to victory it was not a rare guard trying to yeah. save face or anything no So, with the amount of cricket they play and yeah. the kind of cricket they have played, I think Johnny Bairstow just coming back of IPL, right? He ha- he has the touch. And Ben Stokes look is always going to yeah. be a aggressive cricketer in most conditions. The combination for me that was perfect. So neither held back, but what an assault! Look, 
Johnny Bairstow went in 43 or 48. And then I actually missed the first five hours of that assault. Then I'm turning it on, like 59, 60 runs have been scored in five hours. I'm like, wow, this is well and truly on. Right? I remember tweeting at T saying they need 137 and it's going to be interesting. I mean, in the first half an hour or 40 minutes, I think they closed the game out. Just the way the amount of runs that were made, the result was never in doubt. The opposition, uh, opposition was just, uh, they were blown away. Like literally, they, they didn't have any plans, any ideas. Like they didn't even try to like, you know, maybe take some time. Mm. All those things, like just, uh, just they were caught. Like they were caught in the, with their pants down. Literally. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can't blame them much for them. Well, how much did they miss uh, Jamison who missed out? He was out injured, right? He couldn't bowl. They are not uh, like uh, they have uh, that control. I think they miss Wagner, Wagner more. Like that's what I feel. Uh, yeah, many people bring it up that uh, whichever test Wagner didn't play, they are not playing well. But uh, Neil Wagner is someone who's like you know uh, last year he was bowling with a foot fracture at full tilt, you know, and he's like relentless line, and he has perfected that art of uh, you know defensive bowling, which is culminating into wickets and even aggressive uh, mixed with aggression with the bouncers. So that is something which is missing. So if you have guys who are going to, you know that they are going to be more or less full or like 8 meters, 10 meters mark, then people like Besto are going to play through the line. Of course, they are good from the short bowling also. Uh, but then uh, this is bound to happen. Like if Wagner is there in the attack, then one end can definitely be better controlled. So I know it's asking too much. He is 36 right now. And how long can he go on like this with relentless attack? Uh, we don't know. But uh, fit Neil Wagner actually completes this attack, like, apart from Jamison also. So, like even Jamison with the batting, he even lengthens the lineup better. So, there are some factors like this world championship team, which is there, there are some chinks in it. So, from the Bangladesh loss and then this loss, you can find out uh, that they are not infallible. But all teams have some weaknesses. That's a bit of a generic thing to say. But if I come to specifics, this is the most number of runs scored in a Trent Bridge test ever. Okay, And they've played like 100 years of tests there. Also, yes. if you look at the rate at which the runs were scored and the wickets that fell, there was enough of a balance. So for the first three and a half days, you had a lot of runs scored, but both sides made 500 plus. But then what was the difference for me was the third innings, the approach from England. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, the, the run rate was very healthy throughout the test match. So there was an urgency. So it almost reminded of the Australia of the 2000s. Like they were going at a very three and a half and above. So it was like they bought themselves the time to to pull off this chase. So although it is like it, there is a risk of getting bowled out cheaply, but you know England, uh, mm-hmm. even if they collapse, it's like one more collapse. But this is a phenomenal effort. So definitely for their for the approach, you have to lord them. So still with the help of a New Zealander, but uh, well done to them. So it cannot happen each time. So, but still, whenever the things are in their favor, they they have capitalized. So they have been a good side in that. So then comes the question: the New Zealand factor. You already brought it up. The coach is now a New Zealander, who's like never take a step back sort of a guy. The captain is a New yeah. Zealander, who's exactly the same sort of an attitude guy. Right. Do you think? This is the change in approach and attitude. Is this the New England? Do you think this will continue for longer? Yeah, so now it depends on how their equations are. So like now they are just forming and he might have definitely they would know him from other uh, cricket and as a player. So but as a coach, we really don't know what goes on behind the scenes. 
but from his attitude like the few of his press interactions and everything uh, he is definitely an assertive character so what i feel is it help the captain it will take the limelight away from him so always like someone who's ben stokes who's always in the uh, limelight i think mccallum can definitely you know absorb some of the pressure that way so so far in all his media interactions he's been fine and uh, now the thing to be seen is after a few losses also we have to see whether that same uh, the st- the same resolve remains or no so that is the thing so with the ups and downs so uh, if looking at this performance like there is definitely a uh, there are some shades of like maybe a justin langer kind of tenure may be loading for england so but it may be too early to say because they keep changing coaches like uh, you never know what is going on but uh, definitely these are good signs for them and maybe joe root the batsman may truly arrive mm-hmm. after in this tenure it remains to be seen for me there was a marked improvement in the attitude in both the last two days of the first as well as the second test i think that's what gave them the victory more than anything it's the approach and the attitude of england i would dare say this attitude is also sort of a combined product of the captain's mentality as well as the coach's inputs i'm sure so you are absolutely right when you say we have to wait and see yes. how they respond when something's go against them maybe a small period of reversals let's see how they respond right but as a test match fan i'm really happy to see the way they are batting and they are attacking the fields that are set the bowlers the freedom that's given everything is very refreshing when it comes to well new zealand what's happening they they would be really disappointed gutted right the way they batted in the both the tests frankly and then to lose both of them the first test to a gem of 100 by jorud then second test to gem of 100 by bearstow and having made so many runs in the second test 190 and 100 again yeah. and uh, well it was a flat deck to be said but there's enough that bowlers if you bowl if you bowl dry for a period you could still get wickets right and as you say they they were really stunned i'm sure by that assault but maybe if ken williamson was on the field you think things could have been different yeah definitely ken williamson uh, will spend time in the middle so whatever he does uh, it is he is the vital person around which the batting revolves so definitely his absence is going to hurt the team and uh, yeah even if you keep two third mans he will play a few dot balls but he will get a start that is the thing so in both the innings like you found that they were four down for not much in both the test matches and then you had mitchell and uh, blundell rescue them Uh, to a certain level then even go ahead in the game so that is one problem which they are having like they have a few uh, like glitches in top order like people who bat long so th- that should be there earlier they had mark richardson over the years so he used to be that stoic uh, a person holding up one end so currently they they are in need of one more like that so now the only thing is left to see is among these top four who is the one who can give them these kind of innings to wear out the new ball so that williamson can have it a little better so otherwise mostly it's like nothing for one nothing for two and he is always there to face the new ball so uh, eternally under pressure so that is a problem with their lineup yeah that could be a good one when it comes to ken williamson the batter what about ken williamson the skipper the skipper who could have been on the ground when you know all this assault unfolded on the last day so his inputs will definitely make a difference uh but then like even if you see latham is not a bad uh, like tactician in that way but at times you you may find that he is a little bit one dimensional he may be continuing with the same fields for a long time there was no like uh, radical change or any attempt to you know uh, change the momentum or something 
so that you can definitely if you in hindsight you can uh, you can accuse him of being a little bit one dimensional and trying to right. follow the ball follow the game and such like that but uh, again obviously we all know that kane will be back so eventually kane era will resume i think normal services should resume but uh, definitely they need someone else to take over in the absence of uh, yeah in the absence of kane well i mean as you say letham also has his own learning curve as a skipper maybe he's a good tactician but something you have to learn with how it works with a specific team right so and specific set of bowlers conditions so uh, yeah it's a probably a, a smattering of bad bad decisions when it comes to field placements and so on and they, he missed a key bowler as well it was all in all a wonderful test like back to back wonderful tests in the series it augurs really well for england the new era so to say but also another question when it came when it comes to batsmen so if you see the three other batters in the fab four kohli has had a quiet period over the last 18 months or so sitchi yeah. smith as well and kane williamson as well the only guy who has actually gone from strength to strength was in fact out of the fab four and has come back in roaring in yeah. fact probably the top position in the fab four now jorut what yeah. has changed in the last 18 months or so can you put your finger on that it's actually really hard to uh explain uh, maybe a few uh, subtle changes in technique uh, possibly but uh, actually he has been uh, when he came to india one thing i noticed was he was uh, very much strong off his uh, back foot and anything under the eyes he was really good in playing so uh, probably like it's like trusting the bounce allowing the ball to come to him so maybe in a little bit batter friendly conditions you know uh, he can just run away with it but if you go back to like the 2019 ashes like he was uh, falling over a bit and he got bowled by pat cummins mm-hmm. uh, in that time like bowled or caught behind so definitely he has adjusted a few uh, trigger movements and all and uh, right now like he has a little bit very simple free flowing approach so like there is not much jitteriness there is just a simple back and across movement and is meeting the ball uh, like under his eyes and i think the confidence also has a lot to do with it like getting that first boundary away it comes very early within the first 10 20 balls he's got a few stunning drives away or a really good uh, back foot punch and that also just builds with the confidence so he's not searching for the ball actually it's following him it seems like that so maybe it's a mind space too along with the technique so that's what i feel this augurs really well for england he has a couple of good seasons left no doubt it augurs well for uh, augurs well for tests also because the mm. other three uh, guys may look at this you know 2300 odd runs in the one uh, year where they are like next to barely scored 100 in between them that is scored by kane so that is something which is going to stimulate them to do better so i i don't know i hope like in the edgbaston test kohli comes out blazing like that. i mean if anything if you are a kohli fan you might just hope that you know the same sort of a rejuvenation same sort of a you know rise might still occur in kohli's right. career we really hope so all right from one that test to another test where just as a co- counterpoint right look at what happens when the bowlers are too too much on top of proceedings bangladesh 103 all out thanks to 150 they got to 103 otherwise they would they would have been like 70 all out maybe now in the second yeah. innings they are so far behind at least 159 for 3 they have a chance i would say but another 100 runs or so they are out of the game for me 150 lead is very difficult to reverse right even history shows us that what could be plaguing this bangladesh team so tamim is not scoring momino is completely quiet as a batter 
the other batsman used to make a bit of runs there is no mushfiq in this tour because he's uh, chosen to take a holiday from his personal uh, perspective so litton das has to make runs so nurul hasan made a few runs but what is the next step for this bangladesh team what could be ailing them do you think so the uh, traditional problem with bangladeshis has been patience like uh, if you go online and search for ramiz raja and his interaction so they are they are always thin on patience if you see like i uh, if we see like look at, look at the cricket fans like somewhat we feel like how the indian cricket fans were in 96 the bangladeshi fans are like that they are growing restless and uh, the team has only a partial contribution in that and uh, probably they just need a little more patience and you know uh, they showed uh, plenty of that in new zealand when they won that test uh, you had joy and shanto really playing well so they need uh, somebody to you know at least motivate them and go back to that uh, that mind space where everyone was really batting well uh, litton is uh, suddenly is not uh, on song that much but uh, as a batting unit if they spend a little more time a uh, bat for time they will definitely uh, they can produce these big scores better performances but uh, traditionally they are a little bit thin on patience i think we need to work on that uh, i really don't know how but i hope they do it i would love to you know see litton facing 200 balls in a game and you know really being not out going inside whether so. i think he does it I, i'd rather somebody in the top four does it yeah, exactly. rather momin yeah. does it tamim does yeah. it because litton is already a sort of fighting a rare guard where he comes yeah, lone battle yes as things stand west indies have a lead of 56 runs and they have seven wickets standing and that's that's by the by okay but when you look at what it can mean in terms of the whole uh, game well it will really be the next 50 overs or so of the game whether bangladesh can get west indies all out with a lead of under 100 maybe just over 100 and then come back really strong otherwise this test is lost because we remember previously they had the same sort of an issue when they visited west indies and they were they used to make very small totals in the first innings put put themselves so far back that they couldn't come back into the test so let's see if they have learned their lesson here moving on well there is this odi i think uh, not very far from my house where netherlands are taking on england and unfortunately england have uh, if you are a netherlands fan they have made a 498 for 4 in the first innings and in the second innings in 36 and a half overs netherlands are uh, 181 for 6 so do you think england will enforce the follow on well actually i always liked uh, netherlands as a team i first saw them in the 96 world cup so there were a few very interesting characters Uh, like of course the grand old man nolan clark walked out at that time and later on i really liked them in 2009 when they won that match in the t20 world cup so uh, definitely apart from ireland and and now afghanistan has come up recently but uh, i always expect netherlands to fight because there have been traditionally these uh, very not mm. so talented but definitely very enterprising cricketers and of mm. course there has been uh, tendo has been there van der merwe was there so definitely now currently max odaud is uh, their uh, one of their uh, good prospects like so if he fires them they always have a good right, chance right, right. of at least fighting so so i really hope that you know uh, like at least there should be some challenge from the associate nations otherwise it will just become a three you know a three way affair that is not good so i don't know the icc may not be committed but as fans we are committed to seeing associate nations do well so it, it always gives us happiness 
Absolutely. Look, I'm a fan of Netherlands cricket as well, but the problem is there is a huge difference in skill set and also in terms of what they achieve. Netherlands are missing four first choice bowlers. They're all playing in the uh, county cricket where they're playing the T20 tournament in England. They can't completely rely on Netherlands cricket to give them that sort of a living. So they have to rely on other formats of income and that means sometimes the time gets divided so peter seller the skipper complained about it but it's, it's it's a losing battle for him always so they're able to do the best what they can their top order is very young their openers are doing good must be said i had got gone to one odi so it was a decent game but west indies was still too strong but when you look at when you look at the rest of the summer i'm rather a bit worried because against england pakistan and new zealand the the divide between the top 10 teams and the rest of who are recently associates or who are now just ODA teams, it might come through in a bad way. So this is something I really hope even the administrators that that they take a slightly different approach to how games are organized So and so on. So this is a long rant. So just to finish off the Netherlands part of the, you know, the podcast, I have actually played against Steven Lubbers last year, the captain of the 1996 Netherlands World Cup. He's still playing club cricket for a club called Salon. That's nice. I mean, what a man, really. A really, really tough man. Hard man. He's probably in his 60s. And if you listen to him command the fielders, uh, the way he sets up the field, sets up bowling changes. This is a man you see was a captain. And he is a captain. And, oh, you don't want to get on the wrong side of him. This is what I realized. But a uh, nice man after the game with a drink in hand. Associates, uh, the only, the, mm. one real good example which I can... Give for associate fans, like if you see the 2003 World Cup where Kenya went into the semi final, so you saw Asif Karim bowl his last spell and going at an economy of like three or four, and then Steve Buckner gives him his cap. And like you know, so it's 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 very sad and very uh, and also happy in a way, but uh, it, it shows the struggle like how much struggle is there in the uh, as an associate country to you know come up represent in the World Cup. You know, it's it's like really a very big gulf is there. So I think the faster that gulf is plugged, the better. Because the more the merrier, as far as sport is concerned, it should be more inclusive. So always we feel that you know when there are associates, like uh, you can take even this mm. Trumpelman who is a South African, then he gets a visa right. for Namibia and then goes and plays for Namibia, uh, performs well. Yeah. Or there's Erasmus with jersey <laughs> number seven, uh, ah. Namibia's Dhoni finishing games. So, yeah, so it, it feels good actually. So you want more such unknown names to become household names because uh, that is how it works. You know, that is how it inspires. So really, I wish them well. I hope Netherlands do well uh, in their upcoming uh, exploits. Absolutely. Before we go into other games, well, we should also have a quick word about the Afghanistan-Zimbabwe games. Well, again, there the gulf was quite obvious where, you know, Zimbabwe could not chase 170 made by Afghanistan. That's understandable because they have a very strong bowling lineup. But in the last game, the third T20A, well, Afghanistan even defended 125. That's how good their bowling is, right? There's such such a vast experience gap. Fazal Haq Faruqi played IPL. You have Rashid Khan. You have all of these amazing bowlers. Even Skipper, who's skippering this tournament, Nabi, he didn't even bowl in the last game. Without him, they completely kept Zimbabwe to a 90 for 9 in the 20 overs. So I also love the approach from the Afghanistan team that it's a completely never-say-die approach. You see big things for them as far as Asian cricket is concerned? Yeah, the if you see the corner was turned in one series against Bangladesh mm-hmm. where, uh, you know, there is a game where they need 
three runs to win from the last ball or two runs to win and uh, it is hit to rashid khan at the long long on boundary and one rocket throw and the batter is run out they lost by one run mm. so like that kind of spirit this uh, spirit definitely you know afghanistan has come up in leaps and bounds so their hunger to do well it just keeps growing with each game and also it helps to have bcci as a friend uh-huh. and give them a, uh, like they have been uh, well hosted at ekana stadium and they've got the good facilities they have top uh, flight players playing in the leagues what those factors there but they have utilized it well so even if you if you take their only test also mm-hmm. uh, they did you know initially they were very overwhelmed by the situation but they then uh, they came about so i think uh, for them things are looking bright for them absolutely so, i mean for me the next step in their growth is to play in the sena countries but one step at a time they are doing really well yeah. and they'll also measure up to that challenge and you you actually uh, we we can't help but feel bad for zimbabwe there was a time when heat streak and uh, our chicken farmer edo brandies were running right. through lineups for fun and uh, they had paul strang and uh, that attack and currently now it's uh, a little bit dry the cupboard but soon you know there was sikandar raza fighting a lone battle in the qualifiers but after that not much has come out of zimbabwe I hopefully there are a few uh, there was a blessing uh, Blessing Muzarabani was selected for the IPL. He was selected for the IPL, but uh, yeah, I, I was looking forward for him to get some chance, but uh, unfortunately he missed out. So hopefully we'll see in the coming games. Now with ten teams, I think definitely someone like Muzarabani will have a market, and also teams wanting to take him. All right, indeed. So we really wish Mbappe all the best in the upcoming uh, days as well. Moving on, if you were to Take a look at the ongoing South Africa versus India T20I series. Manju, have you been able to follow this? Yeah, I've been uh, watching the games quite a bit. Well, when you look at the second to the third T20I, you saw there's a difference in the approach from the Indian team. What do you think could be the reason for this? Yeah, mainly like today, what I felt really happy was uh, during the Hardik and Karthik partnership. Mm-hmm. So, two good friends on and off the field. there ah. were a lot of touch boundaries which were scored so like uh, it took me back to the older ways where you, know, you need not muscle it over the boundary you can even have a touch play and find some very fierce square cuts were hit a few good flicks so mm. it was really pleasing to the eye so i would rather enjoy a combination of big hits and uh, and also these uh, shots so still they could they were able to get to a, a very good score so later on like it seemed to be more than enough for them mm. so I don't know. I I still feel that you know, totally ditching this approach and going with the England way uh, is also it may not suit our side. So still mm. the jury is out on what kind of approach to have. So usually we are sedate starters and then we catch up. So but right. then how much is sedate and how long is too long is what the batsman in the middle has to decide. Right. Look, uh, I was actually referring to second and the third ODIs, a T twenty S, but doesn't matter. you are probably discussing about the fourth one which finished just now before we started recording so in all if you go back look the second t20i it was it was sort of again india was struggling to get the right let's say runs going it was a sticky pitch 148 that they made was never going to be easy but one fantastic innings from henrik klassen saw the game through and i thought the indian spinners were not particularly good i mean you would expect a bit more on this pitch from the likes of akshar patel and yeshwendr chahal but they both went for a lot of runs on this pitch i thought it had to be the spinners because bhuneshwar kumar bowled really well 4 for 13 you don't fault 
the fast bowlers they were okay avesh khan did not give too many runs away and and same for harshal patel and uh, you saw hardik pandya was costly but then all the all that came down to was how the spinners bowled and kudos to heinrich klassen he won them the game when it comes to the third one you see that there is already a change in attitude what you said they built big thanks to like big partnership right at the top your top one and two made 50s even though they couldn't close out as as fast or, or as well as they would have liked 179 was still going to be too much on that pitch and that's how it turned out class and made on the 29 but the spinners came to the party and harshal patel i thought was wonderful 4 for 25 yashwendra chahal 3 for 20 so for me the difference between the second and the third t20a was the bowling of the spinners and see bhuvneshwar kumar has been good throughout harshal patel is always a growing growing cricketer and he's showing that to us so he usually starts the series slow first game second game is not good but he comes good that's what we saw also in t20s the ipl and so on so that brings us to the today's game so india didn't start particularly well because they were like 56 for 3 i remember at the 10 hour mark when i stopped watching the game so i was pleasantly surprised to see they had gone to 169 for 6 and dinesh karthik had scored a 50 so we will have a couple of points to discuss is this opening top 3 good enough are they good enough to be the future of indian t20 cricket do you think rituraj gaikwad ishan kishan shreyas ayer yeah so right now the thing is that we have a major tournament coming up very close mm. so i wouldn't like to give more players into the mix and you know confuse them so the best thing is from the team management is it should be clear that these people will be in if the big guns are not uh, ready uh, by the time so they have to be ready to come in and fill the slot so so if they are like that accordingly they can prepare and get into the correct mindset to fulfill this role but then again if you like uh, like like for what happened with raidu like sorry to be going back to the same thing but uh, like raidu was told that you know there were press conferences that he is the number 4 mm. and then there is a 3d 3d man walks into the scene so that sends a very wrong message so i really hope that you know with dravid in the center i really hope that uh, there is a clear message to them so that they can also pick up the game maybe shreyas can improve against the short ball like today we saw dk hitting the spinners so uh, that way it 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 always works like knowing your role definitely helps and uh, using dinesh karthik as a prime example definitely the top order can be groomed uh, to perform for us in the world cup in the future so i think it is time to look beyond rohit sharma and uh, rahul uh, for the long term because uh, we know what they are capable of but we need these people to do well because they have much time on their hands and there is scope for them to really excel in this format so like free flowing style of play for me the person who i would or the people i would like to look beyond are probably rohit sharma and kohli rahul a fit rahul would still come into this 11 for me he would be the banker around which around whom you could have all your stroke makers go so he's an ideal number 3 number 4 for me you would think he would he should be given the most number of balls to play but i don't generally agree with that i would give him 30 40 balls and have him score 40 50 runs in that and then you have the likes of pant ayer pandya and karthik who can blast who can really hit out around him so the question really comes is the top 2 for me about uh, basically top 2 to 3 where you'd say kohli if he bats at 3 you would have rohit sharma so rohit sharma also has his uh, struggles with fitness sometimes right and even now he's injured well if you hear about what's coming we hear uh, rumors that uh, rohit sharma is not going to be able to tour the england uh, for the test one test kl rahul himself might be out of this so 
how do you see india faring in the store of england when, when it comes to the single test that they play it's it's going to be tough because uh, one thing is it's one thing to play a tour but it's another thing to like go for a one off test so always like one off tests are a little bit dicey like what happened at the wtc final if you would see that is also a fair idea what happens in such one off encounters hmm. sometimes you are not well prepared not well acclimatized so it can go horribly long so we can only hope that uh, we find good backup and uh, probably like someone like abhimanyu ishwaran or someone uh, could get his uh, chance so hmm. uh, we don't know how about so, prithvi shaw or gaikwad yeah, in the longer format yeah so prithvi shaw and gaikwad definitely worth a go in the long format and considering that prithvi shaw was there in the australian tour uh, despite a few unfortunate first over dismissals and edging on to the stumps so i think uh, the technical flaws apart he is someone who can definitely run away with the game so i don't think we should uh, be too skeptical about him and mm. and provided he doesn't have his cough syrup and stuff and doesn't get into trouble <laughs> i think he should uh, he should make it so i i also really want prithvi shaw to do well uh, he has a good range and he is the one fellow who reminds me of the sehwag era so Uh, like i don't know as a nostalgic uh, person i always feel that if we have w- that one guy to give the impetus then the match will take a different turn uh, you can never underestimate the effect of a hard hitting opener who can actually change the yeah. game in a matter of 5 8 10 overs even in a test match right but for me yeah. there's also another name shubman gill so look they are all yeah. the future of indian cricket maybe shubman gill might fit in at three better than at in the top but it remains to be seen but for me we are not yet ready to move on from rohit and kohli in the longer format but in the shorter mm-hmm. formats in the shortest format i would say it might make sense to you know persuade both of them to uh, you know not really stretch themselves let me put it that way right let them exactly. focus on the upcoming 2023 world cup see the three big players the three big batsmen at their time 2007 did it tendulkar ganguly and dravid they decided to step aside and a young team led by a young skipper went on and took the trophy we have not been able to replicate it since why not try try that again i know it's it's very unindian to expect uh, to have different skippers for different squads and have a completely different guy leading the t20 team when you have a guy dif- uh, different guy leading the test in the odis or even at least odis when it comes to rohit sharma right the way i look at it rohit sharma's career is slowly winding down he may actually not last a whole lot beyond the next year's 2023 world cup i i even hope he makes it to the world cup because he has his fitness issues I have a slightly different vision for Rohit Sharma. Mm. So I don't know people will criticize me for that or they may okay. uh, few may agree I don't know. But I don't know maybe if, uh, mm. if if his career does wind down I would rather you know have him uh, come out for Mumbai and play like a Darren Stevens. But is that possible in Ranji I don't know mm. because India is a very competitive country and there are a lot of uh, this thing uh, competition for Ranji slots. but uh, i don't know rohit sharma is that kind of guy like you know 3 am also he can come <laughs> hit one pull shot for six in hole out in the same type of shot right. and uh, go out so definitely this era of aesthetically pleasing players uh, might end with the hard clubbing you know fred flintstone kind of berso <laughs> and stokes kind of a play so i don't know i still uh, i still feel this touch play should not go totally out of vogue it won't so it won't the, the touch timing yeah so that guy mm. so another guy who stayed away is like zubair hamza had uh, come for south africa mm. so mm. initially he looked very very technically correct and all so 
he is also one of those guys very pleasing on the eye good to watch well hamza has not faded away he's put himself in trouble and he's banned for a yeah. year for taking something he shouldn't have yeah. another air quotes cough syrup right yeah. so um yes. where i am going is simple right manju so for me mm. let the youngsters take over the team in the t20 let them have an experienced yes. coach let the older generation the golden generation who's currently you know the what the ruling the roost let them go to the odi world cup see if they can win and take india to the world test championship final second make a chance to actually win the mm. world test championship final in the odi world cup if possible let the youngsters go to the t20 world cup see if they can get it home right it was after all a very adventurous keeper batsman who took over the captaincy and took india to a world cup right t20 world cup so let's yes. see if that's possible Definitely. well before we move on i think we should also wrap up the game so in this game the bowlers really stood up so avesh khan really showed us how special he is uh, he took a 4-4 and completely wrapped up south africa in that uh, 87 it looks like this is their lowest score they had no scores greater than 20 20 was rashif and dushan so also he had fantastic control again bhuneshwar kumar two overs eight right and interestingly hardik pandya was given the new ball ahead of avesh khan and avesh khan was used as a first change bowler and he succeeded 4 for 18 so going forward i think he has a role for india and i dare say in all formats avesh khan i see as a potential successor to somebody like mohammad shami the same hard lengths he bowls those hard lengths and he's a strong lad i see him as a potential successor to the likes of mohammad shami where you would see somebody like siraj take over from ishan sharma and so on so he has a role also for me in all formats yeah so uh, two names uh, one is uh, there is avesh khan mm. and uh, one is prasid krishna absolutely so prasid krishna is like our karnataka's joel garner uh, <laughs> prototype right so uh, i but it is a, it is an unfair comparison because joel garner is more of a fuller length and prasid krishna is more of a hitter hit the deck bowler but then definitely like these two names avesh khan prasid krishna are have made a steady progress among a few seasons uh, we saw mohsin and umran malik in this season but i would still wait for one or two more ipls uh, to see if their uh, tricks are discovered or how they come back in the second season third season like that but definitely like you said bumrah and siraj at the top, uh, leading the attack and a few younger bowlers under them a definite prospect is there and of course uh, if once ashwin is gone we have a lot of left arm spinners coming through the ranks interesting times ahead moving on let's take a quick look at the australia sri lanka series where sri lanka seem to be coming back so you know as a country they are undergoing a lot of stress and strain they are going through some troubled times probably cricket is the way they can forget all those stress and Uh, trouble times for a few hours at least at a time and in the 3028 their team gave them that so dasun shanaka the captain made a wonderful 50 even though they were facing a very stiff target i think the two richardson jay and uh, kane were sort of caught unprepared at how hard sri lanka came at them in the last three overs and they were able to get uh, 59 runs or something that were required in the last three overs with a ball to spare right purely beautiful hitting thanks to dasun shanaka they got that victory and when you when you look at the odis i was again worried Sri Lanka would be outmatched. So in the first ODI, Glenn Maxwell scored an amazing 80 to lead them uh, to victory Australia. So Sri Lanka batting first had made 300. This was a very strong total, and there was some delay due to rain. But did you really expect Australia to come back so hard at Sri Lanka and win the first ODI? Like when Australia comes to the subcontinent, actually they have a very mixed time. But uh, they had some uh, good performances. Like apart from Warner, mm. like uh, everyone, Steven Smith had a good outing. 
uh, of course and uh, their other lower order and stoinis they came out well and maxwell played that insane innings right so, but sometimes uh, i don't know off late if you see uh, the most of australian sides do do not tour that well subcontinent but yeah but they do manage to win but it's not like the australia of old no no i mean i don't know if we do them justice by comparing them to that golden generation ponting yeah. head and clanger uh, gilchrist come on i mean that yeah. that that generation might never be replicated as long as we are alive at least yeah. right i think they're doing all right so they had taken the t20 series 2-1 sri lanka are again going through a bit of a transition both on and off the field in in our previous episode we had a guest from sri lanka who helped us understand a bit more about why these struggles are there and there are systemic issues in sri lankan cricket they have to be rooted out otherwise mm. they they're going to continue continue growing right it's going to be a problem so that aside maybe this these games provide a little bit of a break for the team and both teams are probably also sorting out their combinations this is a t20 world cup year after all right so they are probably sorting out many of those combinations and sri lanka does look a little underprepared for me but you never write sri lanka out they have this talent pool they have a new guy dunit velal like i don't know if you saw him another yeah. spinner they have mahesh tikshana and also this um, the guy who bowled for csk i forget him the low trajectory arm guy who's very fast matisha patirana matisha patirana again again amazing amazing so you never count sri lanka out because when you look at the first odi they were really you know uh, they were really lambasted as six sixers and six fours by glen maxwell playing an in innings only like he can mm. and uh, when it came to the second odi you see that the one guy who i expect every time when i look at a scorecard his name is in the scorecard i expect him to do something special from sri lanka naranjay de silva he he hasn't been up to scratch he hasn't been up to doing much he scored he sort of there or there about 34 he made in the second odi but then the odi had a very interesting finish what are your thoughts on that uh, it was a, it was looking very a simple win and they just uh, i don't know how they messed it up and we should hand it to the sri lankans for the bowling they really bowled tight line and uh, it reminded of sri lanka of old of course <laughs> yeah or i know we shouldn't compare but usually sri lankan sides are known to pile up the runs then choke the opposition slowly so that way but this happened like really quickly that 5 for 19 was very unexpected the victory was purely down to the fast bowling because the way chamira and yes. karuna ratna bowled it is amazing because you you would not expect that they would fire batsmen out in that manner so it started with the dismissal of glen maxwell but then they still had enough balls left all that to do was try and hold their head take singles and doubles and they would win the game right so it was purely down to the amazing bowling efforts of karuna ratna and chamira and mainly chamira his pace because he took out pat cummins as well but then karuna ratna kept the pressure on the other end and even though he had gone for a runs early on i thought he came back very well when we look at the spin stocks of australia they had to bring in matthew kunman because agar was ill and then they also had to bring in travis head how do you see australia spin stocks develop once somebody like nathan lyon hangs his boots up so nathan lyon is an almost uh, impossible void to fill for mm. them uh, the the other almost nathan lyon uh, uh, who was there was gavin robertson was unfortunately his career uh, overlapped with vaughn right. and uh, now he's he's battling with uh, brain tumor also so we wish him a speedy recovery oh, uh, he's one of that. those guys who had a very natural action similarly mm. they had jason crazer so as for some reason i'm uh, not seeing anyone uh, in the vicinity uh, yes there was definitely in under 19 there was one nivetan radhakrishnan i was very excited for uh, seeing him mm-hmm. but uh, like if you see like contrast to the women's uh, women's cricket game 
uh, the spin stocks are quite dry for australia i think uh, swepson is yet to develop into a more uh, all round bowler must be said yes yes but uh, again swepson is like uh, he is still facing that leg spinner's peak when will when will it come so like for shane one it came in late yeah late 20s and uh, that way mm. so the total control and, and then there was of course uh, stuart mcgill and then there was bryce mcgill who just finished in the shadow of one and his aftermath so really it's difficult uh, maybe maybe if steve smith hadn't given up leg spin the spin cupboard wouldn't been so that is he hasn't given up completely but he is not looked upon as a frontline uh, spinner there is a problem definitely there is a problem there now but i think you would face always a gap of somebody like nathan lane you're absolutely right you can never replace him right? right but you hope the spinners they train with him they learn from him and in a year or two they are good enough it's impossible to give fill that word right away but there's no ready made replacements but yeah i also don't see the quality yet but maybe they'll develop and somebody like nivedan you may yet see him hmm. uh, in a couple of years time and there is a guy called sanga yeah sanga we have seen him yeah, big bash and all but yeah tanvir sanga yeah tanvir sanga Yeah, he's a wonderful bowler. Yeah. So uh, he's also a leg break bowler. Let's say he looks like a more all-round bowler than Mitchell Swepson, if I may say that way. Yeah. So it remains to be seen whether he's able to make that jump. So well, some things to look forward to. All right. Now moving on, we can take a look at some of the news from off the cricketing field, New Zealand and their COVID problems. What's what's going on? First, it was uh, Michael Bracewell. along with the physio and the strength conditioning coach then now it's devon conway and before that it was kane williamson how come it's only sweeping the new zealand team and not the england team as well so well, it's uh, the thing of the bubbles is that it can even be counterproductive so like we've seen mm. with varun chakravarty's injury he went for a scan outside to a hospital then came back and many other people got infected then suddenly as mitch right. march was down with a uh, illness and the delhi daredevil squad gave the uh, attended the next match in quarantine so definitely this bubble system which is there uh, right now the current situation you can look at not completely doing away but at least having some more checks and balances like now also when they showed the close up in the broadcast they were saying the physiotherapy room should be sanitized repeatedly mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> so makes sense makes I, sense i was trying to read a few instructions behind uh, the south african captain unfortunately not uh-huh. a good day for him so <laughs> they they have uh-huh. some systems uh, they have some systems in place but many times uh, we don't know like we had the pakistani team having that uh, food issue like sharing of food inside the bubble and there was a controversy right. then we had our restaurant gate uh, where there was one guy who posted a photo of the bill on twitter then our <laughs> indians who dined outside oh god so, i mean who who does that i mean no he paid their bill but more yeah. importantly took photos with them up was really close yeah, to them yeah, yeah. right yeah. right so eventually it's like uh, the the people who are playing uh, it is it is hard on them this bubble life there mm. are people who have of course there, there have been pull outs from tours but it in the end it comes to like how much you value your position so like now Absolutely. with our india side at least you know if you there are so many waiting to take your place mm-hmm. so that is especially like if you see someone like shreyas ayer uh, he is panning out like a right handed suresh raina one shot ball weakness and people are like started to they are on his uh, behind his uh, thing mm-hmm. so uh, definitely the players would be feeling the pinch even more well i hope you know these small things are sorted and new zealand at least the best thing is they have the, they have this odi uh, series with uh, netherlands going on so there is no competitive cricket so at least all their players can get fit as well as recover from uh, yeah. illnesses so there's some uh, silver lining there for them the next yeah. thing is william porterfield 
the Irish former Irish captain, top order batter and mainstay. He's decided to call time on his international career. So, you know, when you look at his overall stats, it might not come across as like something earth shattering. But for this team, he was a big, big player. He was a giant of a player because when you look at his career span, so he started in 2006 and then to retire in 2022 and having also played their inaugural tests, right? So he totally deserves the plaudits he would get back home in Ireland. We wish him all the best. Is there any specific memory for you when it comes to uh, Porterfield? Uh, definitely from the 2007 uh, World Cup mm. where they beat Pakistan. Right. So that is one memory where uh, always uh, we remember him striding out to bat and uh, also uh, the reactions in the field. So these are a few memories and always cheering up the fast bowlers. Basically the equation between Porterfield and Trent Johnston, it was something that oh, was yeah. uh, quite to behold. The fast bowler, so, right? Like those are the yeah, that was the time, first time when I uh, I saw the Ireland green shirt and then I ordered one ICC official Ireland shirt. So it's not <laughs> the team jersey, but it was a round neck t-shirt. Wonderful. So that was the time, uh, yeah. So this was, unfortunately, Bob Woolmer expired in that World Cup. But uh, right. Ireland's passage in the Super 8 was something to behold. It was a great sight. And uh, he has been at the helm of most of their prominent milestones. Mm. Even in the test match at Malahide, uh, right. he, uh, he played a decent knock. So uh, it, it feels good. It's some, these are some characters which you need around the game. Uh, they may not be very famous. So like, you know, everyone remembers all the famous ones, but we have some not so famous people who also have to be honored. So because they are the ones who keep the flag flying in these associate nations. Mm. And after doing part-time jobs and not having a full-time career, uh, being semi-professional, then playing in the counties, managing their fitness themselves. Right. So all these, they deserve to be saluted. Absolutely. Maybe he goes into coaching or it looks like he might go into a commentary to initially see off. I think I've heard him on certain associate games. So we wish him all the best. Moving further, well, Ranji Trophy. So we are in the semi-finals. It looks like Mumbai and MPR more or less confirmed their place in the yeah. finals. MPR yet to win Mumbai whenever they decide to let the opposition have a crack at it. It looks very much like they are also going to win. Well, I mean, quite a quite a lot of uh, influence of Chandrakant Pandit in the way MPR have played. And he's already won the trophy with two teams, huh? Mumbai and Vidarbha. And now he's... Uh, right? He knows Mumbai team also inside out. He was formerly a coach there. So, it's going to be interesting when these two teams meet in the final. But, you know, Mumbai have another record. So, in the quarterfinal, made, they made the record with the highest difference in a win. Right? 725 runs. In the second innings, while they were batting in the semi-final, they made another interesting record. So, this was made by the openers. So, apparently, this is yeah. the first recorded first wicket partnership in any first-class cricket where one of the openers made no runs. I mean, batting with Prithvi, Shaw, you don't have to be surprised. All you have to do is stand, right? The runs will come. Yeah. But... And has the best house. <laughs> <laughs> also, clean hitting, right? You can see that. But if anything, right, in that game, UP dropped a lot of catches, I heard. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting the way Mumbai are progressing. But a Mumbai in final is a different piece from Mumbai anywhere in the tournament. Right? It's like the Mumbai team from IPL. They come up with a different attitude when it comes to how the way they play the finals. So we wish MP all the best going to the final, but it takes a certain special effort to beat Mumbai once they reach the finals of Ranji Trophy. Moving on. So we hear that uh, the women's CPL has been planned. It's been penciled in with three teams, Barbados Royals, Guyana Amazon Warriors and Trinbago Knight Riders. 
it has been planned to start in St. Kitts, the island of St. Kitts, and it will begin on the 30th of August. So for each of these three teams, so Royals will be captained by Haley Matthews. Guyana Amazon Warriors will be captained by Stephanie Taylor and DeAndre Dottin will captain the Trinbago Knight Raiders. You know, what's the fun part? There is a huge stamp of IPL here. Do you recognize where? In Trinbago Knight Raiders. And in Barbados Royals. Yeah. So there is one Royals franchisee, Hampshire Royals, Rajasthan Royals, Barbados Royals. So anyway, so it's very interesting, right? So let's see how that goes. But Caribbean Cricket Board is able to take this step and hold a three-team tournament. I still can't understand why BCCI can't make it official instead of just four, uh, you know, exhibition games. Why not make it a proper tournament? You saw that when you did a two-game uh, sort of a thing where morning's game was the women's game and afternoon game was the men's game. It worked so nicely. They have seen it work in Australia. So we've been complaining like for a year and a half. It's high time they started a women's IPL, Manjo. Like you can say, you know, faith can move mountains and Ganguly and BCCI can move hordes of players across thousands of flights across the country. Mm. So why can't they do it for women? Mm. So ultimately, uh, it again comes to willingness and maybe enthusiasm on that part and or a, a generalized apathy in general that, you know, this is what it is. So I think I really hope that, you know, this has been one of the low points of Saurav Ganguly's tenure. Mm as BCCI president. Mm, mm. So uh, definitely, whether he makes the announcement official or not, uh, through armchair cricket, uh, we make our discontentment official <laughs> that, you know, we don't like this. Uh, yeah. So we don't like this move mm. from the BCCI. Mm. And definitely, we have a great talent pool. And uh, the reason why I am saying it is important is that we have a few people like uh, there is uh, there is someone like Devika Vaidya, a talented leg spinner who is like uh, now after the COVID, she is not knowing where to, what to do, how to practice. Right. There's no more this thing. Whereas if she had a franchise mm. and, a, and a, some support system, mm. she would have gone in the off season to train with them. And, uh, you know, she would have sharpened her skills. Absolutely. So like we definitely need a leg spinner along with Poonam Yadav. So there are options. And then uh, there are some cricketers in the fringes who are uh, doing commentary assignments, everything. Mm. They can also consider coming back to playing as a, sustainable sort of a career mm. and it will and the and the reason why I, I like this women's game again our fascination with this touch play and timing right that is one and skill levels uh, as far as spin is concerned there is a lot more scope for skill with the extra fields women in the circle mm. and uh, there is a more uh, there's more incentive to go up high risk high reward and also the running between the wickets is tested so definitely, uh, and with athletes like Deandra Dottin, uh, it's going to make for a visual spectacle only. Absolutely. So really, why not? Like, why not? It is uh, now. So that is the thing. And as their uh, men's league is now uh, currently in its fifteenth year, mm-hmm. so I think it's a good time to start to give some prominence to women's cricket. Not on the sidelines of men, but treat it as a separate entity, even as a separate sport. So definitely, they should have a look at it. Absolutely. That brings us to the last point, the amount of money IPL's broadcast rights is fetching for the next yes. cycle, next five-year cycle, right? So, I mean, which was spending, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I don't even want to go into those numbers. They're in billions. And what a yeah. brand that has been built. A lot of credit to the people who started it have been continuing it in BCCI. Does it surprise you at all yeah. now? This is the second most valuable broadcasting sporting event in the world behind the NFL of the US? Yeah, that the what is sur- the the surprise is that within the second decade of its inception, mm. it has grown to such a level. Right. So how, also we have to thank uh, 
Ambani and Co for coming out the telecom crashing the market and getting cheaper internet <laughs> to the country. So yeah, that also has a very big factor because earlier when we used to uh, take a one GB pack uh, for a month, and I used to browse cricket for on a Symbian handset right. with my friends. So that was the only thing we could do. And if we browse too much cricket for, we can't browse the internet. Right, right. So that was the thing. So from there to now coming like GB after GB is being poured. Like water. <laughs> so, no, it's it's one of the cheapest uh, starts, cheapest yeah, uh, cost for internet yeah. anywhere in the world. Absolutely, that that is a revolution. Exactly, exactly. But also the so that explains the lakhs, the lakhs and millions in the broadcast watching the broadcast. Absolutely. So uh, what what the danger is, is that they shouldn't take it for granted. Mm. So again, of late, the the commentary standards, everything is not very much uh, to ride home about. Mm. So it's high time that if they are selling it for such a high price. They might as well ensure that the quality of broadcast is good enough, you know, because we have a lot of uh, uh, good good listeners in the country who would like to have quality content. No, you are absolutely right. But you know, from here we really hope IPL as a tournament. It what it's done for men's cricket, it also does for the women's cricket and grows from strength to strength. Well, the money that's being pumped in is also used. You see, they've increased the amount of uh, pensions that are being given to ex-players, so that's a good thing. And it's a huge community in India, as you can imagine, right? Because of the domestic domestic structure, so that's all that is good. And we also hope they use it to nurture the cricket from ground up at the grassroots level and so on. So this is a longer discussion. But as a fan of Indian cricket, as a fan of IPL, I'm happy. Well done, them. That brings us to uh, the end of all our discussions, Manju. So, thanks once again for participating in the podcast. Would you like to plug anything? Any of your uh, social media outlets? Yeah, yeah. My uh, Twitter is at the rate of the falling sweep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and there are there is an alternate handle in my real name also, but uh, we active on both, so you can just drop a message. Absolutely, very entertaining to follow Manju on the Falling Sweep. I encourage all our listeners to do that, and uh, we wish all our listeners, no matter where they may be listening from, a wonderful day. Thanks a lot, Manju, and bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you. This is the Armchair Cricket Podcast.